Welcome to another episode of Residentially Speaking, a podcast dedicated to bringing you interesting and informative content from key builders, dealers, thought leaders, and influencers across the residential construction industry. I'm your host, Alan Hubble. Jorgen Young, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Alan. Nice to be here. Hey, it's great to see you again. Yeah, we, um, same. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. And um, your experience and knowledge and building in difficult climates is something that I, I want to expose the U.S. home builders to. So I, th I couldn't think of anybody better in the world than uh, than you to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And and your English is great, too. So no worries there. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun here in the next 30, 40 minutes. For today's podcast, Residentially Speaking is going international, Norway to be exact. My guest is Jorgen Young, who is the innovation leader and technical leader for Isola. Isola is a leading building products manufacturer and distributor in Norway. Full disclosure, they're a great partner of ours on the Tyvek business, and they distribute our Tyvek products for the building envelope in Norway. So why Norway and why Isola? Well, a few reasons come to mind that I thought we could learn from them. One, Norway builds wood frame houses in a challenging environment, cold climate, coastal environments, mountainous environments. It's really challenging. Much of the country is above the Arctic Circle. Now, that may not be where they're building all their homes, but they certainly have to build homes above the Arctic Circle. Very, very challenging. And most interesting, building code in Norway calls for air tightness of 0.6 ACH. 0.6, very tight. You all know that as passive house standards. Some folks say that can't be done on a day in day out basis. Well, it is being done. It's being done in Norway. That's the building code. So I thought that was a really relevant example to bring to the podcast listeners to learn from. Now, there are some differences, and we'll talk through those on the podcast, some differences between the markets, that is, the U.S., North American, and Norwegian market. But know that Norway is building modern, tight homes, energy efficient, comfortable, with good ventilation. And they're doing it in a way that the per capita home ownership rate in Norway is higher than most of the rest of the world, including the U.S. and Canada. Norwegians own more homes per person than most other parts of the world. So it, the, it, you know, the expense argument kind of falls by the wayside, if you will. At least I believe it does. That's the case we'll make. So I felt it important to raise this example and show it can be done. I've known Jorgen since about 2015 when I had the good fortune in the Tyvek business of leading a global marketing position uh, focused on wood frame construction markets around the world. Isola then was a great partner. We were focused in Norway, among other places. They're a great partner then, they're a great partner now in helping deliver Tyvek into that market, as I mentioned. And during that time working with them, I found Jorgen to be knowledgeable, smart, interesting, and engaging. And I think you will too. So with no further delays, let's talk construction in the land of the midnight sun. Residentially speaking, that's coming up. So your role at uh, Isola is as innovation manager, your technical background. And so if you would, uh, you're going to tell us a little bit about Isola and what the history of the company and kind of what, what they do. Yeah, um, the company is uh, founded in, in uh, 1940, actually, uh, by uh, 
by a guy living in uh, in Porsgrunn, the town where I'm sitting now in in the south of Norway. And um, he, he started with the two empty hands and uh, he uh, invested. Uh, he said, I want to invest uh, half or maybe more uh, of every dollar he was earning. So uh, he, he uh, brought up a kind of good uh, factory and, and uh, he started very early also with the, a product you know very well in the US, the bitumen shingles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the first in Norway actually started to produce with the bitumen shingles. So, uh, and that was one of his uh, yeah, main businesses uh, up to now, actually. Yeah. Is, yeah. Are, so asphalt, bitumen shingles. Yeah. Is that a, a very popular um, roof covering? In uh, not as in, uh, not on the residential uh, buildings in, in Norway. There we mostly used uh, concrete tiles, uh, more tradition for that. But on cottages, we have a lot of cottages. Each Norwegian have one cottage, uh, actually. It's yeah. a lot of cottages around the, in the country. And uh, there, there is a lot of shingles uh, for, okay. for nowadays. But earlier days, back in the 70s, there was a lot of shingles on on uh, row houses, uh, especially. So so there have been also residential houses, but uh, mostly on, on on cottages. Okay, mm. yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the houses per capita in Norway. It's one of the highest highest in the world, right? In the terms of number of homes per person. Um, yeah, I, I looked up some statistics. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The in the U.S., of course, asphalt shingles are quite popular and many parts of the country not all but many is probably the dominant roofing type but in norway it would be more of the tiles the concrete tiles yeah mostly uh, concrete tiles but no more and more also steel profile steel tiles uh, where we yeah. also are in that business uh, we, we went into that business in the beginning of 2000 uh, we have two factories there uh, in the czech republic uh, actually we are making those uh, profile steel tiles and they look uh, some of them look like uh, concrete tile and uh, others are more flat, but still in the area of concrete. Uh, yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. And then, of course, our relationship with you is on the Tyvek side with DuPont. Um, you're a partner, distributor, and drive demand on, on uh, the Tyvek as a wind barrier membrane, um, uh, roofing, and so forth, right? Yeah, and that story is quite uh, special actually because uh, Isula also produced uh, bitumen uh, membrane for for walls, uh, oh. which uh, yeah. So uh, and that was also used a lot uh, in uh, 60s and 70s. Millions of square meters was used for for uh, wind barrier in bitumen uh, paper. So a vapor um, vapor closed yeah. uh, wind barrier. No vapor open vapor open. Uh, paper uh, bitumen, oh, paper. Impre- yeah, yeah imp- bitumen impregnated uh, paper. Oh, like a yeah, like a black paper here. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yes. maybe you call it that. Yes. yes. Um, and that was very popular. But then boards came up uh, with the uh, other sizes than uh, this uh, paper uh, bitumen paper, and and um, then we start to see the competition went down, and we do- didn't have the the uh, format which was uh, the full uh, height of a building. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, okay, are we going to invest in our uh, own business or, or are we going to find a product that can compete with uh, these boards that was bitumen impregnated boards. So that, then we started to look and uh, 
in a, yeah, I don't know exactly the, the way we, but we went through a company in England called Certain Teed. Oh yes, uh, part yeah. of the Saint-Cobain yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And and then we got a contact there and, and asked if they had something to offer us. And uh, then they came up with Tyvek. And then I think this Tyvek that we got that uh, in that, uh, that was in the late 80s, 89. And then I think the Tyvek came from the, your house, right, from US in the beginning, before you started up with your production in Luxembourg, which oh, wow. I think was in 1990 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So we no, were uh, we were supplying you from Richmond, Richmond yeah, to Norway. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the start it came from you because it came via, as I understood, via England in the start before we get the contact with the guys in Geneva and Luxembourg. And uh, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and, and so in Norway, obviously a lot of wood frame or timber frame construction. Yeah. Um, you like to have the vapor open product on the outside to dry to the outside. Yeah, the, the building physics here in, in Norway are quite, uh, yeah, it's quite similar in the whole country because we have uh, low temperatures in the winter time and uh, we have some months with high temperature, but overall we have this, uh, uh, we have this uh, air pressure going out of the building. So a vapor open wind barrier will be uh, just the right product for uh, a good construction. And uh, Tyvek has shown to be a very good uh, solution because of the, the very, very high dry out capacity and also the vapor openness uh, that the product has. So we have been um, since 1918 or 1989, late 89, we have been selling a lot of those million square meters of Tyvek in Norway for both residential houses and, uh, and also other buildings. Okay. And mm -hmm. so, and it would be the, as I understand, it's the leading, has the leading share position in yeah. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only copies, only copycats. <laughs> that, <laughs> they, they can't copy us because we have this uh, unique membrane, which is one layer. The whole membrane is one layer. And the others, they have three layers. They have uh, one membrane between two other layers. Uh, so it's a yes. big difference in the performance. Yeah. Right. And when did you, what, and so your role at uh, Isola, and when did you join and what's your kind of your role there, if you describe it? I joined uh, uh, as a, I was educated in the beginning of the 80s. So I joined quite uh, in 85. So then I was quite young and uh, <laughs> not so much experience. Uh, so I was lucky to start up with the, the developing the, the system with the Tyvek products. Uh, and uh, we, we made a, a system with more components, not only the Tyvek, but also a sill membrane, which is connection between the foundation and the walls, which is very important for the airtightness. Mm -hmm. And uh, also we, we also have some, uh, some st steel bracelets for the stiffness of the wall. So we can also offer a total package for the customer stuff. So that was the start with those three products. And we called it already then a wall system. Okay. Uh, yeah. So when we went into market, we could offer a package for the carpenter uh, and, and uh, he, he bought a system and uh, started to build the, the, the walls. And th in that time, the most of the buildings were 
built on site. So they did everything on site. Mm. So they, we call it a platform building. So they made a platform with a, with the floor, and then it uh, raised the walls on the on the platform. Yeah, uh, that was a very usual way to to build houses. And has the, in. I'm sorry, has the market migrated? You build some in factories now. Yeah. That's the big difference uh, between uh, big, uh, 80, beginning of 90s, and now more and more going over to factory buildings. So they build elements, uh, both walls and, and uh, roofs, uh, for, for uh, with, and of course, still with Tyvek inside, yeah. but then they, they, they make, uh, some make uh, the whole element, then we call it modules, where you do everything finished or semi-finished and we call the elements on maybe only with the Tyvek and the studs and everything, but somebody okay. also put insulation, the vapor barrier, but then they weigh, they weight with the inside cladding uh, on the site. Yeah. Yeah. So they will ship the elements with Tyvek installed from the factory. Yeah. 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 Okay. On trucks, uh, mostly on trucks, they do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about building practices. I guess before that, in terms of the housing market in Norway, um, the number check my numbers here. So I'm showing the population of Norway is about five and a half million people. That's correct. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're building, um, and so so for comparison, so the U.S. is like over, is 65 times larger now, 330, <laughs> right? So so keep those numbers in in your mind, yeah. and then. Um, you're building 25,000 homes a year, maybe 30 or 20. What's the what? top top years? We are building 30,000 uh, this year, maybe uh, a little less than 20,000, but uh, 25,000 average the last 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if and I did some math before we talked here, but if if you ratio that out, basically, if you if you assume the US produces about 1.4 million starts per year, versus say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use 30,000 in Norway on a population of 332 million in the US versus five and a half million, 5.4 million in Norway. It's almost, um, the US would have like 237 people per start. And in Norway, it's 180 people per start. So in other <laughs> words, yeah. there's like, it's almost 50% more um, people per start in the US. So in other words, there's there's a lot more homes per person. And I think you've, you've probably done some math on existing homes to people. Um, but like you said at the beginning, there's a lot of homes per the average Norwegian, right? That's correct. We have 1.4 million residential houses in Norway. 1.4 million on a population yeah. of 5.4. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So, so you are right. It's quite special. But that that's because of the landscape here. We, we have a lot of, it's a few people, but Norway is quite big. Uh, if you compare with other countries, not US and Canada, but but still we are quite big uh, countries. So so we have a lot of space and that means we don't have, so, uh, have to build so many high rise buildings. It's Oslo, the biggest uh, city in, uh, in Norway, maybe Bergen, and you have the biggest cities. It's five, five big cities. And then I'm talking about population, six seven hundred thousand not more so okay. we are not big cities either so mm -hmm. so that's the reason why we are a small population uh, and we are spread out of the whole country here uh, as you told uh, as we discussed this coastline we have very long coastline and and then you can imagine that the, the country the length of the country 2500 
kilometers uh, from south to, to north. And uh, that means uh, we have a lot of land for uh, house building. So um, yeah. up till now, there is not so many high, high rise buildings in Norway. And so those homes are their second homes or cottages, you call them? Also, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they are spread out though in in mountain areas. We have, uh, as you have also in US, of course, and we have those uh, here. So a lot of cottages were built up to last year, uh, but now this year, a little bit um, going a little bit back because of what's happening in Europe with the war in Ukraine and uh, and uh, the, the high-priced uh, building materials uh, because of all what, what is happening. The inflation is quite big also. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, this year uh, we will not reach the 30,000, but uh, maybe next year again we will be up to 30,000. Get back there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very similar to what's happening here and in, in other parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. So, um, just for a moment, the so how about your attic system? You know, in the U.S. here, they're primarily uh, it's an open uh, attic. It's ventilated, right? The the thermal boundary, the air barrier, the thermal barrier is all at the the ceiling, if you yep. will, of the last story, the top story. Uh, attics in Norway are they vented or closed? Also, um, uh, normal a uh, normal built uh, building in Norway is uh, when we go from the inside, it's a vapor, always a vapor barrier. And the recommendation of the vapor barrier in Norway is 10, an SD value of 10 meters. And then you have the insulation and we have a quite low U values. So we have uh, 20 to 25 centimeters of insulation between the studs. And then outside we have the wind barrier, which is vapor open. And then we have a SD value of less than 0.5 meters and if you use a tyvek you have 0.02 meter mm -hmm. so so that's a normal construction in in norway which is built with a normal uh, always a vapor barrier inside and always a wind barrier outside because of the climate okay mm -hmm. and that vapor barrier would go and all of those control layers would go up beneath up. the roof deck yeah so you have a conditioned space in the what i call the attic but the, the, uh, yeah, some, 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 uh, some have uh, attic, but normally we build the houses here with living rooms in all stories. So we also build in, in as you call the loft, it's mm -hmm. also uh, often a building zone, uh, even there, or living zone, even there. So then could be some, uh, some walls uh, in the end of, uh, end of the room, uh, small walls, but still, we try to have the vapor barrier outside around the house. So yeah. all outside walls have a vapor barrier. Okay. Mm. And then how about your cladding systems? You, um, I think if I remember right, you typically uh, maybe codes call for an airspace between the yeah. cladding and the wall. That's pretty typical. The, yeah, it's pretty typical. And, and they, uh, they, they, it's very important that you have the vent, right ventilation of the cladding. So the, uh, the, the air must be taken in in the bottom and taken out in the top. So you yeah. always make a ventilated cladding. So uh, you use uh, what we call a, a button and a contra button when we have a, st a standing uh, cladding. And if you have a horizontal cladding, you only use uh, uh, um, uh, one direction uh, button. But, but always uh, a 25 plus millimeter ventilation gap oh wow the wind one inch. Or, yeah yeah wow that's yeah that's big 
Um, some other part, I think Canada is 10 millimeters or 12 millimeters. So you're at 25 yeah. millimeters. Wow. Yeah, often and maybe also more, uh, can be also more. That depends a little bit uh, where we are. Uh, in uh, if you are in uh, in the western part of the coastline as we talked about there we have very hard uh, driven rain and that means uh, that rain will normally uh, go through uh, it's so hard, raining so hard so there will be some moist behind the cladding and then it's very very important that you have this ventilation the space behind. yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, and of course, that's a big difference with the U.S. here, where we tend to put our claddings, with some exceptions, but up tight against the, the Tyvek, yeah. you know, the, the wrap. Um, and that yeah. pre obviously presents a lot of bulk water management issues for us. Bulk water management, liquid water is still a concern for you, but probably a little bit less so with that ventilated space. Or yeah. do, you, do you spend it's a lot of your time there or not? No, it's it's the way we are building. That will not be any challenge for us, uh, actually. The, yeah, it's not not a challenge so no. much. Okay, so that's a little bit of a difference. We, as you know, um, with some of the folks on our team, like a Jim Katsaris, for instance, right? They spend a lot of yep. time on flashing self-adhered uh, products. But you still use some of those, like you use some flex wraps and so forth, right? At the yeah, yeah, of and course. Corners. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and that has that it's two two reasons why we are using all these uh, flex wrap and uh, cuffs and thing tapes and so on. That's yeah. of course the air the air leakage, yeah. right. close air leakage, but also of course driven rain. But we have also a rule in Norway we call it two steps uh, tightness. So we we don't let the water directly into a zone uh, if you have a detail around the window. We always have two steps. We have a flashing, and then you have the second uh, yeah. tightening material. So yes. that also, I think, it's experience of the coastline again because of the wind-driven rain. Uh, so we have this solution with the two steps uh, tightness. So you have an interior secondary seal in yeah. addition to yeah. yeah. So yeah. so much like the U.S. where we um, we call it the drainage method. If water gets in there, we give it a path to drain out. Yeah, to drain out. And that, similar, that's all. All the details are made like that, uh, more or less. And we have, we have, um, we have this um, something we call big detail brother building detail. Uh, yeah, what what do you say? Uh, guidelines mm -hmm. uh, from from uh, something called Sintef. It's a research center in Norway which have been there since 1958. And they have built up guidelines uh, um, due to what we have seen happen in the Norwegian climate. So we have been learning since 1958. So they make uh, some experience. And then if they have a new experience, they change these codes and change these, uh, um, these guidelines uh, to 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 build better and safer and avoid this problem. So uh, it's quite unique uh, guidelines uh, and a lot of experience is in there. And we yeah. also have research centers uh, that we are taking part in, uh, which we try to see uh, or look into challenges. So so we work with them, with the scientists together with us and we find out new solutions and that's uh, one of those uh, centers was zero emission buildings we have a center 
backwards, aiming to, to how are we going to build zero emission buildings in Norway. And there where, where we came in with solution with air tightness, because mm. then you should be, uh, make very high uh, efficient, uh, energy efficient buildings. Yeah. And then it's very necessary to, to build airtight to achieve right. these goals. Yeah. So that was one of these, uh, uh, I think, good cooperation between the scientist people that are in Sintef uh, and, and uh, the industry. Okay. Develop these systems. So that yeah, these guidelines are that would be, we might call them prescriptive requirements, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. then you also have performance requirements too. That's right. Yeah, and, both. And some trade-offs, like you said. So mm. so building code is 0.6 air changes, but you can go. You can higher. have 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to do something else to save uh, the energy that you lose when you have more ch air changes. So you can you can you can do it in both ways, but you have to prove what you are doing uh, and, and um, the solutions. You can do your own solution, but then you have to, in a way, prove it, that yeah. you are doing it in the right way. Yeah. And that's why I thought it would be so interesting to have you on, because as I said, the in the US, you know, it's a big deal to go from five to three. Yeah. And some people go from three to, to two, two and a half. Um, but not every day are we building at 0 0.6. It's a niche, right? This. Um, uh, passive house kind of standard. And yep. so to, to show that there's parts of the world that are doing it all day, every day is, I think is, is, um, is aspirational for some of the, the US folks listening in. W what are the in terms of air tightness, the so you mentioned this, obviously, the sill at the base of the, yeah. the base of the wall and the top of the wall details are yeah. so important. Right? That, that was one, uh, one product that we developed and uh, we, we did a patent on it as well uh, and then we are back in the early 90s because we saw the challenge when you have a, a air, air a wind barrier which is uh, flexible and full width and so on and you have not so not so many uh, uh, overlaps so you have helicages in, in that uh, position but the problem is bottom and top Mm -hmm. How are we going to seal the air, air, uh, the wind barrier to to the rest of the construction? So then we made a um, what we call a seal membrane, a seal membrane, which consists of a um, stripe of bitumen. We are producing it in our own production, and with the Tyvek, a little bit thicker Tyvek than a normal Tyvek. It's a hundred grams Tyvek, uh, which we are coating on uh, bitumen, and then we have a kind of connection uh, flip. Between the sill uh, and the wind barrier you know, on the wall, so so they they are 100% connected. And then we also use uh, tapes to yep. be 100% sure that you don't have any leakage leakage in in that position. So, okay, so you um, are you building on uh, you have foundation walls, you have basements. Are you building on a yeah. slab? Or a basement? That, uh, it, it's both actually. We have <laughs> we have a cellar and a, and we have cellar walls and we build on top. But we do it in the same way. We have this silt membrane yep. with a bitumen down to the concrete surface, and then we have this fl a flip that we can connect to the wind barrier. So yeah. we always have something to connect. So uh, when we place the wall on this silt membrane. You place it safe so you don't have any moist up in the wood yep. and you have this wrapping of Tyvek which is not no any problem you you don't uh, trap moist because Tyvek is vapor open so that's no problem so but you have this air then you build airtight you don't yeah. have any air leakages 
to keep the air outside. So who puts the, um, in terms of sequencing in the trades, who puts the sill membrane down? Is that the frame, the concrete contractor or the framing? No, it's it's the guys who do the framing uh, with the, the walls. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Hmm. So that's okay. So that's left there, and then they put the walls up, yeah. either from a factory or site built. Yeah, and then they integrate the the membrane into this bottom yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah. So and sometimes so when they, when there comes walls from a factory, then they put a sill uh, on top of it with the mechanical fasten into the concrete so so they have something to work on but then you have the flip of the tyvek which is laying there waiting for the wall coming on top of this sill that is there so they're connecting the wall with also a seal so we have a double seal in the in the bottom and okay. then you wrap up the tyvek and you have the tyvek on the on the on the element outside and then you seal it with the with the tape with tape yeah mm -hmm. Any estimate? What do you think? I know that that's a significant, that part of the house is a significant potential air leakage site. And obviously that's why you're addressing it. Do you have any sense of what that's worth in terms of air leakage for you? you know, Good question, Alan. 0. 0.3, uh, 0. 0.5, <laughs> it's probably on that order. Uh, yeah, that could be. Yeah, I, I think that's the weakest point down there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. That could be 1.5. Yeah, yeah. Up yeah. to one point. And then how about at the top of the wall? What do you, Yeah, that gets a and little there, more complicated, right? Yeah, and but there also, there was done together with Sintef again. Uh, we, we, we wondered how are we going to build it as uh, airtight as possible. And then we decided to go outside. Uh, you have the, the rafter is coming down and you have this, uh, what do you call it in uh, this, uh, out, where you have the gutter? They put on the gutter. The soffit or the yeah. gutter? Yeah, yeah. Behind the gutter, you have the soffit. Yeah. Yeah. The vents, so we yeah. went out there and up and into the uh, roof membrane. The, the uh, yeah, that could be also Tyvek. We have a roof liner. So we have this connection between we going down and up. So we, we have an overlap and we also have a, uh, a ceiling with the with the with a button also in that area. We don't use. We don't use tape there because there we have a uh, background to, to fasten the seal into the top seal of the wall. So, um, but, but we have a, a combination of the roof liner and the wind barrier. So we go outside, everything is outside. So you wrap the whole house in one package. Uh, you don't, you don't uh, divide this in uh, many different uh, parts. You try to have one continuous one connection. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a little harder to imagine. So you're coming up the wall and then goes out horizontal. Yeah, and then you go up again, or you're coming down with your roof liner, going yeah. down and in, and, and in. then you have the overlap into okay. the wall. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, yeah that's a close right. So that's why you have a closed roof, uh, non-vented yeah. roof, so you can do yeah. that. Yeah. So you put all the insulation in the roof, and you have the ventilation over. So you can build up if you have a, you should have shingles. Yep. Then you build up five centimeters with the ventilation as we do. And then you put on a USB or a plywood or whatever. And then you have the, the, the yeah. bitumen underlayer and the bitumen shingles on top of that. Yeah. So vented, mm. yeah, the, the roof cladding is vented as well, obviously. Yeah. 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 That's great. So and that's a standard way of building in Norway. That's a standard way. And then, because we are doing in that way, 
we have this continuous uh, wind barrier sheet on, on the whole house. Uh, so it could be done if you only have the wind barrier, uh, not only the wind barrier and the roof liner, because as I told you, we don't use so much uh, shingles. So then they use a, a button and a contra button and then they put the concrete tile because mm -hmm. we have a combined roof liner and a, and a wind barrier uh, in this position, as I told you. Yeah. So, so then we don't use to have uh, OSB as a, we discussed with the shingles. So we put the button and contra button and then we put the tiles on top of there. And what is the roof liner? Um, you know, here in the US we, so we would use like a, uh, either a, a felt paper or a, or a synthetic underlayment, but yeah. the roof cladding is uptight, is hard on top of it. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. have a necessarily ventilated. Um, what would you, you use Tyvek or a, or a Tyvek laminated to a type R kind of membrane? That's like correct. Supro. That's that the we are, what we are using. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, we also have some integrated tape so we can install it horizontally, more safe to install it also when you have a new building. So they can work from uh, the side of the roof and the eaves and up to the ridge. So it's very easy, one and a half meter wide. And then they work their way up with the buttons and the counter buttons, and then new one and a half meter counter buttons and so on. So to the top, okay. very safe actually. Yeah. And, and then they put the tiles on top, on of, top that. of that. Yeah. And then how do you handle penetrations through the wall? Let's go back to the wall. Yeah. Um, and are you using spray foam interiors? I know you have the vapor barrier as well, which probably be the mm -hmm. last step. Yeah. Um, the how do you handle penetrations? Yeah, and and that's also very important when you're talking about where where are the leakages and yeah. um, and um, we are using cuffs. We have uh, we have developed some cuffs together with a German producer, uh, which have done um, uh, developed a, a cuff to to uh, with dimension that are fit to whatever are going penetrating the mm. the, the wall, or uh, if you have a if you have a um, uh, chimney which is squared then yeah. use flex wrap okay also yeah mm -hmm. to, to seal uh, the, the between the the chimney and and the, and the uh, roof liner we use the flex wrap mm. okay mm. so the cuffs go on the um the outside of the wall and also uh, inside oh we and use, inside yeah we use cuffs on both sides of the wall actually so it's very you have to be very accuracy to know where the penetration goes, but then you have uh, cuffs inside on the vapor barrier side and you have cuffs outside on the wind barrier side. So and cuffs are, on both sides. And those are airtight or they need to be sealed that, with tape? That's, no, it's airtight. They're airtight and in, in, it's a Tyvek with a glue, totally uh, totally glue on the backside of the Tyvek. And there is a, this, um, it's a, it's a EPDM, um, uh, rubber uh, mm -hmm. profile, which is going around the pipe, and then the Tyvek is connected to this uh, this uh, rubber uh, part, which is uh, formed like a yeah uh, a pipe actually with a flange, so you can connect the Tyvek. Huh, so you, you you glue the Tyvek to the Tyvek, or glue the Tyvek to the uh, vapor barrier inside. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Here that. Uh, go down to the, the bottom of the wall for a moment, you know, that, that rim joist, the first, um, you know, distance off of the foundation wall. 
mm-hmm. because, because we don't have the piece that comes over and gets it tight. So we spend a lot of time on air on spray foam, for instance, maybe that, yeah. that rim joist to get it tight. Would you spray foam there? You're already oh, airtight. We, we, we don't use spray foam. We, we, we use these solutions. Uh, okay. We make some details and then we make it airtight of the products that we have discussed. Yeah. And then what, what type of uh, cavity insulation is typical? Uh, like a fiber a fiberglass or in in Norway we have very uh, very strict uh, rules for using uh, insulation so it be it must be a non flammable uh, insulation an A classified as we say so okay. rock wool and and glass wool is uh, mostly used uh, in all wooden houses in Norway it's only allowed to use this uh, A classified uh, insulation so we use rock wool and glass wool Okay. Mm. So yeah, fire codes being, being critical there. Yeah, very critical. So if you're going to use uh, EPS or XPS or pure or whatever, you can't use them in uh, wooden buildings uh, because of the fire restriction. You can use it on industrial buildings on top, but then you have to have a rock wool on bottom and a rock wool on the top. So it's always hard to only use those uh, more flammable installations uh, alone. So it's very hard restrictions there. Yeah. Mm. How about um, exterior insulation? Do you use any exterior for, you know, reduced thermal bridging and so forth? Or are you just building very thick walls? Uh, normally it's very thick walls, but there is also coming up now uh, from the, those insulation uh, producers uh, systems that you can put outside on our old wall, uh, which is without uh, uh, too many uh, thermal bridges, uh, which is more or less uh, mostly hard insulation to, to be fastened outside the existing wall. So that's coming more and more. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you said at the beginning, but I, I forget. And so we'll just remind folks what how th- uh, the dimensions of the wall, how th- Thick or deep is the wall? We are uh, we are in centimeters in my uh, yeah, measurements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are we are twenty five thirty centimeters. Uh, modern wall, yeah. So ten ten plus inches. So a two yeah. two by ten. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's thick. Yeah. So and it's, it's thick walls. Does the thermal because you um, it's it's cold everywhere in Norway is my perception. Yeah, but yeah. It, uh, are there different thermal requirements? Um, north to south, or is it no. pretty similar? And that's kind of strange for many people. I think that uh, as long as we have this long country, but uh, we have the same uh, regulation, also the same codes for south and, and nor- north. So we are we are from 52nd to 71 uh, longitude. So it's quite quite long yeah. country. Yeah. So, um, but we have the same uh, requirements, uh, same building codes and uh, same way to, they're building a house for the same way in, in Northern Norway as they're doing in Southern Norway. Huh. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it like, is. I mean, obviously distance wise, it's like building the same house in New York as Miami, but yeah. obviously the climate is, is not quite that. That's rare. correct. Yeah. We don't have this, uh, we have a different climate, but still. We have a period of winter time in Norway, which is from end of October to yeah, mid-April. And that's more or less same if you are in north and south, but the, the winter temperatures are maybe a little bit longer north. Today we have, I have 
in uh, Celsius, we have 25 here in south of Norway, but in northern Norway, they only have five uh, yeah. uh, Celsius. So you see, it's a big difference with temperature, but still, in overall, we don't see any difference of uh, the buildings built in northern Norway uh, or in southern Norway. Yeah. So uh, maybe we are more. We could maybe build a little bit less uh, insulation and so on in south here, but uh, we are saving so much energy. So that's why it's very important to build in these uh, yeah. thick walls and and, and even th it's 35 in the in the in the in the roofs. So um, the U value are very low. <laughs> yes, right. And in the mechanical systems, you're using heat pumps. Um... Heat pumps are more and more popular because of the efficiency of a heat pump. So that's the solution. If you have an old house in Norway, the solution is to invest in a heat pump, air to air. That's the most cheapest solution to save energy okay. for many houses. Yeah, yeah. If, if you they... have, if you don't have these modern houses, because the modern houses have very low consumption of energy, but they have normally all new houses have mechanical ventilation. So uh, they yeah uh, they don't have regulated heat pumps but mechanically uh, as a you, you call it um, uh, air changer with um, high efficiency eighty percent yeah, yeah. Mm. okay yeah, yeah we've done some um, that you know electric heat pumps are becoming more and more popular here and so we've yeah. done some webinars our last webinar actually was on the relationship between the building envelope and and the heat pumps because. They respond so much, you know, they're slower. Uh, it's not like turning a natural gas furnace on and getting heat within a couple of minutes. It, it, it's a much slower response, but obviously more efficient. So the, um, the education we've been putting out there is you obviously have to focus on your building envelope. You have to yep. get that right if you're going to put a heat pump in. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can also imagine uh, when we have these low air changes, which is down to 0.6, the efficiency yeah. of a ventilation, uh, air ventilation system is quite high. So I think it's up to 85, 86 uh, uh, percent normal air ventilation system because of the the low uh, uh, the low uh, air uh, changes we have in the house. Yeah. So you're you're introducing air. You're you're you're. We are using a lot of air air uh, air change uh, yeah. systems uh, in new new houses. These heat pumps, uh, as you're uh, talking about, that is more for older houses that want to save energy because the energy costs went very okay. high uh, this winter, and okay. many people then bought uh, uh, heat pumps. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. on your vent on your on the air that you're introducing, the ventilation, yeah. Yeah. you have uh, an air-to-air -air exchanger or something. Yeah, that, yeah. that's yeah. that's a much uh, most common for new houses. They have air-to-air -air exchanger. Okay. Yeah, Great. but for, yeah. for existing buildings, they, they, they buy this uh, heat pump, as you said, because of the efficiency and uh, it's it's much cheaper than uh, do a lot of things with the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, you can do the extra insulation and, and um, build your roof with more insulation and so on, but that's very expensive, of course. What's the, you know, one of the, um, the challenges here is uh, as homes get smaller, it's tougher, it's tougher to hit those air exchange numbers on a smaller volume. It's more challenging. How large and so how large are the homes in as an average home in, in Norway? Do you know that number? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, yeah. Uh I, I don't have these figures in my head, but I can 
I'm, uh, in my house are around 100 square meters in the ground floor, uh, 100 square meters. But, but I think it's between 80, 75, 80, something like that. Yeah, could be. Okay, so 100 mm -hmm. square meters, about 1,100 square feet. Yeah. So maybe two, so 22. Yeah, we're about 2,400 average here. Yeah. Um, so roughly the same, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so smaller homes, you don't, you have to do a, a blower door test at, at the end to verify the point. When you're building a new house, uh, if it's small or big or whatever it is, if it's a high rise building, they also do the blow door test to prove yeah. they have built the uh, built uh, airtight. Yes. So, and many uh, are doing this before it's finished because they want to do, know how they did with the sure. wind barrier. Yeah. yeah. So they ensure that they have done everything right with the ceiling of the windows, uh, these pipes and everything what we're talking about. So if there is some, there are some air leakages, they can find out and do something with it. And do when something, you wait, yeah. when you are finished, then you have a big problem. <laughs> a big problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, right, that translates no matter what the what country. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other question. So let's talk just a minute about windows. Are you uh, double pane or triple pane or what, uh, what type of window? Uh, in the, those buildings coming up now are, are triple. Actually, oh, they are. Um, yeah. Normally, up to now, double, but now more and more are buying triple because they say the the potential for energy saving. I have a house from 1990, and I did the change of windows last year. I went from normal windows, then was 25 years old, mm -hmm. but uh, then I went out to three layer windows, and I have seen this winter I saved 20 percent energy because really? I went. The, and, yeah, yeah. and that's on U value or that's on air leakage? Uh, that was, yeah, I, uh, maybe both because both, yeah. the, the, the window were not sealed. When I opened it, I saw, when I worked so much now with the air tightness of windows, yeah. I saw, hmm, here they haven't thought about it <laughs> as right. we do today. So we also did the sealing of the window in another way. And uh, yeah, the, the air leakage of my house were much better now than before I did the change of the windows. So I went to tree glass and I also did the ceiling of the, of the windows. So uh, I have better uh, air trenches, uh, lower air trenches, and also this U-value, or totally U-value when you have this triple glass. Yeah. Mm. What, uh, you mentioned you don't use spray foam. How do you seal between the window and the rough opening? Uh, caulk? Some of the sealant. We use the same uh, glass wool or rock wool. Uh, so, so, yeah. so we seal first outside uh, with the tapes or similar special design products. Uh, we have the, we have launched uh, a um, flex strap products with an extra stripe of uh, butyl, so we can mm -hmm. uh, we can come or. Um, seal it to the frame or the window, and then we seal it to the Tyvek afterwards. And then there's always a space. I think we are doing the windows a little bit different than you, because we put the window into openings that are uh, up to four centimeters uh, larger than the window. And then, so we so we use screws yeah. to go from the window and into the studs, which okay. are then wider. So we have a two centimeters opening between the uh, window yeah. And, and the studs. So, and there we put uh, rock wool or glass wool in. Okay. So, yeah. So, we would, so not a flange, like a, here we would talk no, about. No, we have not added flame. No, no, no flanged. So, nah, like a no replacement. Flange, no flange. Yeah, you're going through the jam. A little bit different. But somebody also are using a foam. 
So uh, I will not say not using foam, but more and more are using this uh, insulation or glass wool or rocker, and they also have special made products for this purpose. But uh, there is also foam used, yes. Okay. So, I mean, you. I guess my question is: so you can get a good airtight seal with the rock wool insulation? Yeah. You get because, some air leakage because we 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 trust the sealing of the window to the barrier wind barrier uh from outside and we trust the ceiling from the vapor barrier to the window inside and ah, between okay, there you have right. the insulation so we have both sides of right. ceiling yeah okay yeah so let's maybe we'll finish with that the um so the interior vapor barrier who, yeah who applies that what trade typically applies it's, that? it's the same guy who's uh, applying the wind barrier so they are doing uh, oh. the whole job yeah they are doing the cladding insulation wind barrier vapor barrier, cuffs, uh, Tyvek, yeah, or the, the uh, flex strap details. So they are doing the whole whole work out inside cladding and so on. Okay. Mm. So when you have issues or problems in Norway, like what are the, what would be a building failure or an issue? That would be bulk water intrusion somewhere or? That could be, uh, of course, because of the tough weather. Uh, if they haven't built in the right way, they, that can be water intrusion. Yeah. Uh, we could could also have in modern buildings which are very airtight. If you don't have the ventilation in the right way, you get mold. So that's mm. that's the negative side of building airtight. Yeah. Uh, because then you are uh, depending on a ventilation system, and the ven ventilation have to work. If it doesn't work, you can have mold growing uh, inside. So it's very important. So so when it gets cold in the winter and uh, uh, people shutting down their uh, ventilation system, then they are doing a big mistake because then they get mold growth. So, um, yeah. but the, the, the worst uh, or the most building uh, problems in Norway is actually leakages with uh, bathrooms and, and water pipes and, 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 and things like that. Uh, that's the most, uh, I think it's, the number is quite high. Uh, for the insurance companies to to use money to to repair, uh, repair. The, uh, yeah, but yeah. but but normally outside cladding uh, tiles uh, that but it's it's always coming up to details when you have a chimney if you don't don't do it in the right way you can have problems around the chimney around the chimney or, yeah or a pipe or whatever which is coming going through the construction yeah. Yeah, we like to say yeah, it's not the walls that leak; it's all those interfaces and discontinuity. Yeah, that, well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I have a couple of fun facts here. We'll close on some fun facts I looked up on the internet, so you can tell me if some of these are true. I see that <laughs> Norway invented skiing like four thousand years ago. That that's so. Uh, yeah, winter, they, winter they, skiing. Because they have found uh, the ice is not going back. We have a lot of uh, ice, uh, what do you call this? Glacier, ice, uh, glacier. Glacier, glacier, yeah. thank you. And now they are going back because of the climate, it's warmer. And then they have found old skis in those glaciers. Oh. Suddenly it appeared, oh, a guy was going where have been a glacier and, and he came up and said, <laughs> what's, what's this? It's a ski laying there. Huh. And it's a very long time ago, they used these skis. Wow. So that was high up in the mountain they found it so that's yeah, true that's, that's true. true yeah yeah and then um norway has won more winter olympic gold medals than any other country that makes sense 
That's correct. Very high. Um, wine and liquor are only sold in official stores. You call them wine monopoly stores? Is that so? That, that's also, you know, everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's quite. Uh, oh, the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's an true. important one. It sounds like I live in Pennsylvania and uh, we have officials, they're owned by the state, by the government. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, second highest coffee consumption in the world. Second only yeah, to I think Finland. So. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And then you read more than any other population. I saw a number that said uh, Norway, Norwegians spend $76 per person on books. I can I be uh, I, uh, buying one book a month, uh, some um, yeah. criminal uh, romance. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those long, uh, those long, dark winter nights. That's correct. <laughs> um, let's see, huge reindeer population, of course. And the paperclip patent is from a Norwegian in 1890. Yo Johan Valor, Valar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paperclip. Paperclip. Yeah. And you also have this uh, cheese. Um, what do you call the it? The brown cheese. Now, if you if you are going to have a slice of a cheese, use this uh, cheese. Uh, we call it Osterhövel. I don't know the English name of it. Cheese. Okay. You, you, you like uh, a slicer. Yeah. For cheese. Yeah. That's also a Norwegian guy. Have you seen it? I have not. No. No. Okay. That, I like, send you a picture, uh, I don't know, Osterhövel from Norway, Osterhövel. also invented by a Norwegian guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. So cheese slicers, paper clips, and 0.6 air changes. Contribute. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, Jorgen, yeah, thanks so much for um, explaining to us and talking about the uh, the Norwegian building market. I, again, you have so much knowledge and, and experience. Um, we, uh, you know, if folks want to, I know if they go to the ESOLA website, there's an, the Google will, uh, Chrome anyway, will, it can show up in English if they want to learn more about what you're doing there. And um, yeah, we really appreciate your, your time today. It's so interesting to build a net, such a tough climate. And, uh, yeah. and you're doing it 50% more per person than anywhere else, in, at least in the US. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Alan, for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Good to discuss with you. And uh, I th as I told you, I think we have the best laboratory in the world with this coastline. So we have learned a lot. And uh, if you can share something with you, as you have learned us with the, your FlexTrap, that was a fantastic product. Yeah. We can still continue to develop together. So looking forward to it. Yeah, that's great. So, um, mm -hmm. so thanks so much for joining us. And um, yeah, we'll end it here. Thanks. Thanks, Jorgen. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by DuPont Performance Building Solutions, who provides the marketplace with a full suite of weatherization, thermal, and air sealing solutions, such as DuPont Tyvek wraps, flashings, and tapes, DuPont Styrofoam brand XPS rigid foam board, and Great Stuff and Frothback spray foams. DuPont knows the homes you build today will need to stand the test of time, expanding, contracting, breathing, and protecting for generations to come. Be sure to check back often for new episodes. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Alan Hubble, and residentially speaking, that's a wrap.